there's got to be like tons of pages of things to do in Houston in I'm May. Sure. Yeah, and so, it's gonna be gorgeous. Uh, well, I, I either that or it's gonna be hot as hell. Yeah. So well, I'll, I'll have to look it up. If people know what to do in in Houston and Dallas, let me know. Cause welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You're listening to episode 172 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie loving podcast on my movie loving website matinee.ca your home for cinematic passion and perspective dear listeners we have a first time guest today so uh, i'm a little bit more excited because i get to break somebody's cherry um and not only that but you know we're, we're, we're steering the show in a different direction than i'm used to because my guest today is an enthusiast of uh, of genre film which is a corner of cinema that i i you know i don't really cover all that much and i gotta be honest it's not really my bag but at the same time i'm always fascinated to talk with people who whose bag it is who it is their bag who carry that bag um, yeah um so I, i'm really excited to have today's guest on she is a programmer at uh, blood in the snow canadian film fest she's the writer of rosemary's pixie a site you can find at rosemarypixie.com carolyn morissette is on the show how are you hi i'm great Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Did I, did I forget to plug anything off the top? Like we'll get no, a chance at the end. No, um, that's uh, that's perfect. I'm not usually the, the 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 guy who goes to the the genre film stuff and does that whole end of cinema. So yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm speaking Greek when I'm hanging out with a bunch of you guys, <laughs> and I just kind of like listen as you go on and on. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of foreign to me. Well, it's funny because I'm uh, the opposite. I do make an effort to watch non-genre film like mainstream uh, i'll watch um drama um i'll watch you know sometimes a rom-com just to kind of lighten it up yeah, yeah. um but usually uh, if someone's like oh do you want to go see this movie my first question is, is um are there monsters <laughs> because that'll kind of determine whether i'm actually going to get off of my couch to go right see. right that's that's the price of admission <laughs> yes <laughs> on episode 172 we will be discussing a cure for wellness we'll be turning the record over to play the other side but first we need to learn more about Carolyn. This is Know Your Enemy. So inquiring minds want to know, what is the first film you can remember seeing in a theater? Uh, that one, I had to think of good and long about that. I actually <laughs> had to ask my sister, do you remember? <laughs> so my um, my parents were very much, well, my dad was a big kid. So any chance he um, had to go to the theater, he would take us. So I suspect it was, I vaguely remember Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the Disney films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we used to go to the, um, actually it was weird because I, I read an article just kind of briefly about the Westwood Theater in Etobicoke. Yeah. yeah, I remember we that We used theater. to go there and we would get all dressed up and we put like ribbons in our hair. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was a big deal for our family. So we would go to the movies and I'm pretty sure it was Apple Dumpling Gang. That's the one I remember. Oh, man. So yeah. the theater you're describing, I should tell people about this, 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 palace and i use that term very very loosely um it was a three-screen theater out in the suburbs of toronto um it was around the corner from the very last subway station going west kipling yeah kipling (laughs) station here in toronto and it was in a strip mall with nothing else around it for like at least a mile in every direction except train tracks yes like a gigantic parking lot yeah there was like this theater a karate studio there was one other thing it might have been something like a like a a ministry of ontario yes um, i think that's what it was like off license or something like that 
And yes, but but I like you. I, I saw a lot of movies there when I was a kid, just yeah. because it was kind of the one that was more convenient. Yeah. Apple Dumpling Gang. I yeah. feel like Disney's not making those kinds of movies anymore. Even no. though that they're like the family theater, like the family studio, they're not making the family movies quite like that. They're making them more goofy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and not and Goofy the dog, but like no. like, like slapstick. Yeah, I I'm kind of over the whole. Disney thing. Although some like CGI films all oh that looks interesting and I realize it's a, a Disney film. So, yeah. You know. Do you remember anything about the, the actual experience or just do you, you like you know you you already like extracted all the information from yeah, your sister just of just that getting it was dressed up and I remember being in a fancy dress and uh, ribbons dumpling. in my hair and oh, getting yeah. out of the car and I'm pretty sure it was the apple dumpling gang. I, that's I, it. like I, see I, the funny thing about that to me that that that, that you know first of all like that's a wonderful mental image yeah. on its own of just because of where that theater was like i could yeah. sort of understand that if your dad was taking you to like the elgin yes you know <laughs> but the theater next to the karate studio to get you dressed up for the ribbons in your hair that's yeah, wonderful yeah. i guess it's like the 70s where you got uh, dressed up to get on a plane right? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 exactly so, which i do miss to be yeah, honest i do yeah. miss like people who dressed up to travel yeah. um okay conversely something that you didn't have to jog your memory quite as hard for Aside from Cure for Wellness, what was the last film that you saw? Any medium. Could be on your phone if you want, on your laptop, you name it. Um, it's a Girl on a Train. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we, yeah. we, yeah, which we did a show about that back in the fall. But uh, yes. what did you think about it? Um, I, you know, I actually really liked Emily Blunt. Oh, I, I loved her. Yeah, in that she movie. was incredible. I was like, and I actually really liked the reveal about uh, what her, her issues were. Because I, I just was looking at him like, she looks terrible. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with her? And then you're like, oh, okay, she's an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, but after, when I, I took my focus off of her, I actually found the, more, the movie a bit, um, not boring, but it just kind of meandered a bit. Mm. And uh, I I really didn't like the, um, oh, I forget her name, the, the nanny. Um, what was her name? Megan? Yeah, yeah, Megan. Megan. Yeah, I didn't really like her character at all. I mean, I, I felt for her. And when she revealed her own issues, I, I felt badly for her. But um, I also felt um, that the female characters were, aside from Emily Blunt, I felt like they were caricatures, you know? It was like this woman who had her issues and she was oversexed and she was working out her issues through that. Mm -hmm. And then there was the homebody, the homemaker, who you find out later that she really wasn't all that pure. Yeah. Um, but it just, they just seemed kind of like caricatures. Even um, uh, Justin Thoreau's character, mm -hmm. he, was, he was like kind of the dude yeah. and the wife who wasn't that nice and then the nanny who wasn't that nice either and it just it just seemed kind of like it's, almost cookie cutter-ish yeah and yeah. I think like that's that's part of the other reason why we like Rachel in that movie so much is yes. she's the only one who really seems to be fully formed yes. which I mean you know if it's called the girl on the train it makes sense that the girl on the train is the one that's fully formed right but um you bring up a good point that she was you know you don't realize her damage until they finally reveal that because mm. I thought that was actually one of the good things, one of the very few good things about that movie is how far they go with the fact of a functioning addict yes. and how addicts can come up with lie upon lie upon lie to cover their tracks. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't know about you, but I read this book first, so I knew what I was getting into. Did right. you read the book? No, I didn't uh, read the book. Don't do yet. it. No, okay. no, don't do it. Don't okay. do it. I, pro I promise you, it is not going to get much better. It's okay. very much more of the same. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, 
it's it's weird because on the one hand I want to tell people, hey, watch it for Emily Blunt, but on the other yeah. hand, I'm like, eh, you know, watch Sicario for Emily Blunt. Just just leave, leave this <laughs> yeah. leave this one alone. Um, what is one of the worst movies you have ever seen? Considering your tastes, I'm expecting something be some beautiful answers. Well, you know, I went through my mental files, and the one movie that kept coming up was Nurse 3D. Nurse? Through, okay, I've never heard oh, of this, so you're going to have to God. tell me and the audience about this gem. Um, I actually did a little blurb on it. Like, Oh, I'll link it. Don't you yeah. worry. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, let me just uh, uh, start by saying that I don't like to trash people's films because I know, you know, everyone makes the intention of, of making a film. The intention, I'm going to make this great film. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had heard the chattering. Oh, it's not it's horrible blah 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 so i'm like you know what i'm gonna give it a chance because hey i like zardos okay <laughs> so I, i'm like I'll, I'll give it a chance and i watched it and it was just horrible um it's about a, a nurse who she's basically a nurse by day and she kills men who cheat by night and she's very seductive okay and the story kind of goes into a, 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 an arc where she um, befriends this young a fellow nursing student, I believe, and uh, she seduces this young woman, gets her drunk, seduces her, and then tr proceeds to make her life miserable. So, and then it, it just kind of went off the rails. And um, what's her name? Paz de la Huerta yeah. is in it. So, yeah. And well, enough said about her. Um, I believe she actually wanted to distance herself from the film. So. Oh, no, no, yeah. you, you got to own that. Like, yeah, you know, see, the so. thing that, that gets me about that is, you know, that if she were to do the convention circuit, that there would be fans lined up to get Absolutely. her autograph for Nurse yeah. 3D. Uh, now, is this the culmination of a trilogy? Like, is there a nurse and a nurse two, and then Nurse Three D is like the third one? I don't think so. I think it's just a standalone. <laughs> and it's funny because have you seen the poster? It's I'm looking at it now. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, wow. I thought it was going to be like a um, a trashy, like you know, cult film kind of thing. But it, then, you know, I was actually um, when I was writing my notes on it, I realized that there's an there's a Japanese film called Madam O. Yeah, and it's the same kind of premise right, right? Uh, except that one's obviously done well <laughs> right and it, that's kind of that's like i guess they call it a sexploitation film yeah yeah so that was done well and that's kind of like the shock shock value kind of thing and I think so but what is it about this one that makes it especially egregious to you because like um, you know like you said you don't like to rag on now first of all we should say that this is a film that looks like it had a budget so yeah. we're not we're not ragging on some small no. indie production that you know made their movie for 50g this is this is something that had some money behind it yeah um what was it about this one that really kind of stuck with you stuck it in, in your craw I think just the story went off the rails. <laughs> just like, got too silly. Like, what did you? What do you want to show us? Do you want to show us that she's killing, you know, men that cheat? Yeah. Or um, she's got some sort of a revenge, some sort of a moral going behind her murders? Or are you showing us that she's in love with this young woman? Like, I didn't quite get it, okay. why they had the two off options. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. And do you find, as an author, that sometimes you really have trouble with the writing in in films like this or do you just kind of check that at the door sometimes you just have to let it go because <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't really expect 
great writing okay. from something like that. Yeah. And that's and that like but that's that's the thing. Like I know, you know, yeah. obviously I'm married to an editor who always sees the editing in a movie, that right. kind of thing. Um so I didn't I, I always am curious with people who write, like, you know, are you are you zeroing in on the writing or are you just leaving it be? I gotta I gotta say one thing, like I'm staring at this post I'm not staring at this poster. <laughs> I'm <laughs> look at the poster people and you'll understand why it's got my attention. But the thing that's driving me crazy is I'm looking at this poster and she has on these um, PVC stockings and PVC gloves, but she's only got one of each, so her right hand is bare, and that's really pissing me off because I'm like, either wear it all or don't wear it. Don't wear it. Yeah, nurse, and I th and I think like that to me is emblematic of the troubles to come that yeah. you're talking about. Nurse 3D. See, now I wish there was a nurse trilogy. I don't know why. And I think what's it? Kathleen Turner was in it. Oh no! Yeah, there's a bunch of cameos in it. I was oh, like, That's he, so this, wasted. This director need this director had a whole bunch of people who owed him favors. That's yeah. the only way. <laughs> That's the only way. Um, what is a classic or essential film that you have not yet seen? Um, Easy Rider. Okay. Not, I haven't seen that. Okay. I've seen snippets of it. Like if it's on TV, I'm like, hey, that's Easy Rider. And then I have to do something or I've never seen the entire film. It's um, it's kind of a weird one to be an essential. Like it, it, it is because it shows up on like list after list. Yeah. And it's got a lot of iconic imagery that comes with it. Of course, the guys on the motorcycles, um, not the least. But the funny thing about it is I sort of wonder how it's holding up with every passing year because right. it's very much this loosely structured road movie. Like I could give you the plot in probably four sentences, the whole <laughs> plot in four sentences. Cause there's a lot of scenes where it's just them driving or it's scenes where they go to, they're hanging out on this commune or that commune. But most of these moments don't actually advance the plot. It's just watching them go across America. Hey gang, it's Ryan. Sorry to cut in like this, but at this point in the show, my microphone decided to have some wonderful technical difficulties that didn't affect the quality of the audio so much as it caused the actual file to skip ahead. So I could include the version of Carolyn's next answer right here, but it would make no sense because it would just keep skipping ahead. Um, I will tell you that her answer for the classic or essential that she wished she had made was David Cronenberg's Crash uh, because she liked the theme that even though you might think you are tremendously weird and tremendously messed up that there somewhere out there is a place where you belong and other people just like you. So thank you Carolyn for that answer and my apologies that I didn't get your phrasing on it but come right back for the new slang. We're going to talk about a cure for wellness right after this. Wellness is directed by Gore Verbinski. It's written by Justin Haith. It stars Dane DeHaan, Jason Isaacs, Mia Goth, and Harry Rayner. As our story begins, a young executive named Lockhart, that's Dane DeHaan, ascends to the board of directors of his white-collar employer. However, before his company can proceed with a corporate merger that will make the entire board very rich, they need the say-so of a former board member named Pembroke, who has been in a sanitarium in the Swiss Alps for some time. When Lockhart goes to fetch him, he is met with nothing but oddities. Folktales of a Romanian baron, a noble young girl wandering the property, a blissful collection of patients and guests all in no big hurry to leave the comfy confines of the wellness center. Soon enough, 
Lockhart suffers an accident and is forced to stay at the sanitarium himself under the care of its director, Volmer, that's Jason Isaacs, where he slowly learns that not everything is what it seems to be. Much like most good horror movies, although the jury is still out on whether or not this is one. A Cure for Wellness is a gorgeous film. Shot after shot makes full use of the German castle that serves as its exterior, the Swiss Alps behind it, and the hospitals that make up its interior. There are lots of gorgeous detail shots and long lingering looks by our principal cast. But, and this is a good but in uh, light of what we are just talking about with Crash and Cosmopolis, would we sacrifice all of that in the name of a more emotional reaction? So, pop quiz hotshot. Where genre film especially is concerned, would you rather it be scary and look bad, or look great but not be scary? Hmm, that's a good one. Thank you. Um, because I, I watch so much horror and I basically was raised on horror, I'm a little bit jaded. Mm. I feel with the scares and I'm like bah, I'm gonna see I see that coming right. or you know eh, it's not scary so I feel like as much as I'm a, a, a visual hound and I love pretty and I love clean crisp um, visuals I think I would want it to be scary and not look so interesting because so yeah. that's that's <laughs> been one of my hang-ups with getting into the whole um realm is that i always say you know you're asking me to kind of suspend a lot of why i go to film like i go to film for pretty pictures like more than anything else as i mean film is a medium that i literally do watch on mute you know, the, when, I, when I'm cutting these episodes, I usually have a movie on the screen and I've got like the laptop on my table. So I've got something to kind of look at while I'm listening. And I would much rather do the look than the listen a lot of times. So when, I, when it comes to films that we were talking about, like that are made by first time directors that look cheap, that's, that's a lot of my hang up is that I have a hard time getting into it that now because like you, you gotta admit this is a really really handsome looking film it's stunning yeah I was blown away like especially um, the train mm-hmm. and the the aerials with the car going down the wine it's just stunning yeah and I just I, I thought for a moment oh I need to see this on IMAX yeah you, you, know? Know, you know yeah it was stunning um, so and that actually that fed me I, okay. I, I have to say, like that's one of the reasons why I actually like this film. Really, it it gave me all my visual candy, okay, okay. <laughs> all the eye candy I could ask for. Oh, it was gorgeous to me. But and there were some cringeworthy moments. I have <laughs> to say, I was like zoinks, uh, you know. And I, I wasn't really scared, but it was it just made my skin crawl. Yeah, there's a there's a, there are a lot of chilling moments yeah. in this movie. Like I think. Um, you know, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, I think I was much cooler on it than you were. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not like I'm sitting here complaining about a waste of two and a half hours and right. fourteen bucks. Um, because, like you said, there there were some there there were some moments in this movie that will stick with me yeah. for a long, long time. There are certainly some gorgeous imagery in this film that will stick with me for a long, long time, um, even if some of the emotional impact wasn't quite there. I wasn't really expecting much because I had heard kind of mumblings like oh you know it was great until this point and then it just fell apart and and so I'm like oh you know what it's gonna I thought it was gonna be pretty 
at least because yeah. when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, I have to see this because right. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I came out of it thinking, you know what? I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. And I you was, should put that on the poster. Yeah, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, I, I was actually surprised. I went to see it with my sister and um, she's not in, as much into horror, horror as I am, but mm-hmm. uh, she was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. And she's pretty tough. Okay. She's like, She'll just like seal it. That was dumb. And then right. she's done, right? You know, you know what's funny? Like when I first started seeing ads for this, I actually mm-hmm. thought it was a TV show oh. because I was seeing the ads for this. Uh, I've been watching Legion. And yeah. so, like, as I was, like, fast-forwarding through, I would see little ads, and I thought, oh, that's the next American Horror Story. Yeah. Because it kind of has that. It does. It really, like, I actually could kind of see this being the setup for another American Horror Story. Like, Absolutely. I know they've done Asylum already, but yes. I could sort of see this this very much being it. Um, I was I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I got to a certain point where I thought to myself, I would enjoy this movie a lot more if I'd never seen a movie. Um, <laughs> just because this movie steals so baldly so from bad. so many movies. There's The Shining in this movie, and there's uh, an, um, Cuckoo's Nest is in this movie, and Rebecca is in this movie, and on, like, there's yeah. so many movies in this movie um, that I thought, if this was the first movie I ever saw, I would be like over the moon. Marathon Man is another movie yes. that's in this movie. I even thought Hammer films, like he took snippets from different uh, Hammer films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing about this movie is... Did you go to any of, there was a series of talks at Lightbox about a year or so ago um, where Guillermo del Toro talked about gothic romance? No, I missed those. Because okay, yeah, the, thing, the thing that's crazy about that is this, that's very much what this is, right? It, this yeah. kind of paints itself in the ads, you know, the, the, the ones that I fast forwarded through. Um, <laughs> it, it paints itself as this, this uh, psychological horror. But in truth, it's, it's a gothic romance with just happens to have Dane DeHaan instead of... You know, you know, pick your ingenue. Yeah, he's he's the damsel in distress in this movie because he's the one who goes into this, you know, this edifice, this this castle on the hill, and basically gets stuck there. He's our he's our Rebecca. He's our Jane Eyre. He's you know, pick your pick your your poison, and it's Dane DeHaan. Um, like, how did you how did you dig with DeHaan? Because he's kind of. He's kind of one of these actors who you can just drop into stuff. He's not really the kind of guy that anybody's going to pay to see. But how, did he carry this for you, or or was he just there? I, I really like him. Um, I remember, I think I first noticed him, I believe he was in a movie called Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I liked him in that. And um, I saw him in that Metallica film as well. He plays a roadie, and he has to get, um, if I remember correctly, he has to get, like, um, some equipment or something he has to get from one point A to point B. He has okay. to get back to the concert. Through the never. Through the never, that's it. And um, oh. he goes through a lot of, um, like, I guess, kind of uh, trials. And, you know, there's roadblocks and there's people jumping at him. And it's kind of, it's almost like a horror, I guess. Okay. So, it was an IMAX. Yeah. It was a concert. Oh, but see, yeah. I'm, see, here's the thing. This is what this is what I hate about doing this show. Sometimes <laughs> I, see, I see something like this and I get lured and then I get partway into it and it just turns out badly. Um, but, but, uh, but, but, but like he, he did the trick for you. Yeah, he was, I like him. I, I like him. I think he's, he's got a lot of potential. Um, he he did all right for me in that film. I thought it it could have been worse, you know. It's um it's funny because I think he does the trick in terms of both being that ice water veined corporate type at the beginning, yes. the guy who's really just looking to get ahead and get money because we don't see anything else going on in his life. Um, 
but then the kind of person who when you drop him into a situation like this um, can both get panicked on the one hand about what he's seeing around him and how all these pieces fit together but still very very calculating like he never he never completely drops that corporate trader attitude but at the same time it could just be that his face is kind of, is ever so slightly effeminate he he sometimes seems like he's really really deeply in peril right. so when he gets into these moments that and he's put into these moments several times where he's like basically like restrained down and there's experiments going on around him um he sells it really really well he it's 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 kind of crazy because as much as i wasn't really crazy about this movie i i liked that kind of reversal of stereotype right we had mia goth as this um kind of underused very confusing little nymph wandering around the property um we won't exactly get into why she's there. She's just part of the thing is she's just there. She's just there. Right. Yeah. And nobody see nobody at first I thought she might be dead, to be honest, yeah. because nobody else really seemed to acknowledge her except for Lockhart. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's a, a you know, a, a device yeah. for the story and I guess she was necessary, but I I'm not really sure she did much for me. I yeah. I just kinda wanted to I wanted to actually shake Lockhart, the carriage. I'm like, God, don't you think this is weird? You yeah. know, like, and and yeah, she she kind of reminded me. I guess just the way she was dressed as Alice in Wonderland as well. Yeah, because she's always so, wearing yeah, that pale yeah, blue, yeah, right? Yeah, and then she was barefoot, and that put me off too. So I'm like, why is she always barefoot? So, in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, on the grounds in the. I mean, okay, sure, in the grass maybe, yeah. but it was just very strange to me. So yeah, I feel like I feel like. Um, Gore kind of put her in as a curveball too. I mean, she has there's a purpose for her, but there's also like. But like you kind of lead me to my, my biggest hang up with the mm-hmm. film is, like I said, the second I saw her, my first instinct was she's dead. Yeah, you know, like she will be important there, for for reasons that I do not yet know, and that was kind of my big hang up with a lot of this movie is the second we get to this sanitarium. I'm already starting to put the puzzle pieces into place, and I'm like, okay, so we're going to find out that this is the ultimate reveal, that it's happening through this. Uh, and I, like, I, it's not really a spoiler, because if you figure this, if you don't, I'm, I'm just going to say this, if you don't figure this part out really early on, you're a moron. <laughs> you know very early that the key to it all is the water. Right. Like, they are just, this movie almost has a water fetish. Yeah, it okay? really does. <laughs> like, my God. And, and, and you know, I, I, it was kind of funny because when I put out water for this movie, for this podcast, I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> so you, you know that there's going to be something up with the water. You know that Hannah is kind of important. You know that this sanitarium isn't everything it's cracked up to be. And you it doesn't really take long to put it all together. Uh, for me, it's it's a lot of times it is about the journey, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I'm not that smart of a guy. I shouldn't get all of this as soon as we walk into this castle. Did that bother you, or was it just me? I think I accepted it after a while. Oh I'm like, no! Okay. I'm like, no! okay, so you know, it's it's an extravaganza for the eyes. He's he's giving you these these kind of obvious hints. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go with it because I just I feel like this movie you just have to go with it. I, I, I but it, it the, didn't really like. Normally it bothers me, but it didn't it didn't bother me. 
but it makes us go with it for so such a long time too yeah. like it, like this is it's not a short movie and I don't have anything against long movies but this is a 2 hour and 25 minute movie and it takes about 2 hours to get to the point is he a guy who will either like drive you to or away from a movie um the only reason why I actually wanted to see well one of the reasons why I wanted to see um a cure for wellness is because he did the ring right. and I really liked how it looked visually, and mm-hmm. he did a he did a decent job. I, I like that film. Yeah, um, but um, I I don't really he to me he doesn't he's not a draw for me. No, he's really not a draw. I mean, you know, it's, I think part of the part of the thing that I know him for is his name. Actually, like right. if, if his if his name was Sam Smith, I would not remember who this yeah. man was. But because he's got a name that sticks in your head, um, I, it's one of those things. I like I will say this much: the guy can make. A handsome film, even yeah. even Long Ranger, which I wasn't crazy about, looked good. It did, you know. So, uh, you know, if I go back to my original question and say if I'd rather a film look good than be good, mm-hmm. I I can't really complain about a guy like Gore Verbinski. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 weird because we're kind of dancing around this 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 the topic of a cure for wellness, and as much as I know I wasn't crazy about it, I can't really. I can't really wail on it either, aside from the fact that I knew where it was going to go. Um, we end every uh, review here on the Matinee Cast with um, a souvenir, something tangible or intangible that you could uh, take from the film and, and keep if you could. Um, Carolyn, what would be your your souvenir from A Cure for Wellness? Can I have three? Sure. Okay. So the first one, I want the sign that says transfusion flugel. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. I, I don't even entirely know what that means, but it seemed ominous. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ryan again. At this point, my microphone decided to give up the ghost one more time, which does mean that I'm going to have to get Carolyn onto the show again in short order to make up for this uh, very large amount of technical issues. I should tell you at this point that my souvenir was that I want a batch full of eels because uh, in this movie they're all over the place and they're not a subtle metaphor and it really made me crave Unagi when this movie was over. Uh, Carolyn went on to give this movie a two and a half star rating. I gave it a two based strictly on handsomeness and my appreciation of gothic romance and uh, wanted to take square aim at the people who pointed me to Towards it because they made it seem like it was an underrated movie and uh, I don't know so come on back after this we're going to talk about a whole bunch of movies as other side companion pieces for the cure for wellness right after this She's Carolyn. I'm Ryan. You're on the Matinee Cast, episode 172, where we're talking about a cure for wellness. And um, we're not going to do the full other side this uh, time, where we talk about two specific films in depth. We're going to do the shortened version, where we both just kind of play jazz and you go further with some of these films we've been talking about. We've already talked about a lot of movies that could work well um, as other sides, so maybe we're going to talk a bit more about them. But um, you, you can get us started. What do you think would be a good... Marry up film, like if somebody came away from 
cheerful wellness that they could go on to watch fill in the blank and it would make for a good uh, double bill for any rhyme or reason. Okay, I don't know after... So I had two films that I already mentioned, one, Ninth Configuration. Um, but what came up for me after I thought about it was um, Audition. Oh my god, okay, yeah, tell... <laughs> so tell people about that film because I don't know if everybody's heard of Audition. I... <sighs> I should I should confess this too because I don't know if we've had this conversation. I am a gigantic weakling when it comes to horror. Like I I've actually spent the last four or five years getting over that um, because growing up I couldn't handle it. I'm the opposite of you. Growing okay. up I could not handle anything remotely scary. I covered my eyes in haunted houses. I like you know walked around the long way of roller coasters i couldn't do it and it was only up until very recently where i started to go down that rabbit hole and, and experience the genre for what it is an audition was one of those movies so six or seven years ago i couldn't handle the audition oh so now i'm okay and i've seen it and i love it and, it, and it's wonderful but tell people about audition and kind of what that is and what the connection is too um well, so it's a, a film about a um, man, he lives with his son, and I believe his wife has passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he works for a television company, I believe he's a producer, and he decides to audition young women to find a wife. And he finds one that he's quite fascinated with, and, and she seems really quite um, um, passive and, and sweet and and he falls for her and she's really young if and i remember very correct, young right? yes and he falls for her and and um he decides to uh basically court her and um she disappears and uh i guess that's the rabbit hole <laughs> then he goes on a search for her and it just gets crazier and crazier um I, so i don't want to give away too no, much but no. i'm sure people have seen yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the connective tissue there of being the, the connective tissue there, like to to cure for wellness, being the whole idea that the one person goes missing and you got to give chase. Um, well, I kind of felt like uh, uh, the main character in Audition. He kind of reminded me of um, Lockhart in in that they were looking for answers. Mm. They were looking for answers, um, and there was a mysterious uh, young woman. Okay. In each film, yeah, okay, okay. Um, and he didn't really like he. I I feel like he um, in uh, a cure for wellness he had feelings for her. He feels uh, like some sort of a connectedness to her. Yeah. Um, and I I just felt and like, she for him too. Like they, yes. they they have a they actually have a sweet little chemistry together. They did. Yeah, they did. So I feel it's like a whole other kind of chemistry in audition. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it was like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also a bit of the uh, cringeworthiness. That came yeah out. okay and now, also, now it's all coming together and there's also a plot um I, I, it would be a spoiler if i said anything but both films have this theme so that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> interesting yeah. okay Audi is auditions the one is audition the one that ends with e -e -e? yes yeah, okay. <laughs> okay yeah that's yeah. Uh, clearly that's stuck yeah. with me and also is audition the one or is it inside where the girl is on the phone and there's like a burlap bag behind her and suddenly the bag moves. That's audition. That is audition yeah, as well. That's audition. See, yeah. you know what? Like this is, this is the, th this is the thing I will admit that I do like about genre film is 
moments like this stick with me. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't tell you scenes of some of my favorite dramas from like five years ago, <laughs> but I could remember these little touchstones in a movie like Audition that I've seen one time in my entire life. <laughs> haunts you forever. It does. It does. Um, like, do you find when you're watching movies like these, like, are you either drawn in or taken aback when things get visceral? Like, did, did, like you were saying before, when you go to a movie, you're like, well, how many monsters? Uh, are, is there a line for you in terms of like either like like personal violence and and or gore? You know, it's weird. I don't like to see animals get hurt in mm -hmm. films. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, and so I I do it because of um, health reasons, but also I, you know, I love animals, so I don't like to see, even if it's CGI, Yeah, I don't like to see them no. get hurt. However, um, if it has, um, there's a context for it, um, then I'm okay with it, and I know that it's not real. Which right. there was in Cure for Wellness. Like, there's yes. a cow, there's a very literally visceral yes. moment with a cow. Yes. Um, and, and, like, you were okay with that? I, I, was, I was okay with that. I mean, there was an explanation for why he had to, to do, do it. it to the, because I, I watch um, The Amazing Dr. Paul. <laughs> you watch that show? I love that show. Anyway, So I see when he has to go put an animal down, and there's a reason I understand. Like, yeah. you know. But so that was okay. I was okay with it. But when it's completely senseless, yeah. when it has no, um, like, also, the, there's been films where it, it, the, it shows the. Uh, uh, horribleness of a, a character mm -hmm. so you know if someone kills a dog or whatever you know that they're a complete jerk or it reveals something about their character yeah i'm not i'm mean, obviously if we could have done it a different way but i'm okay with it but okay. not okay but uh, you know what i mean i'm okay yeah, but i'm yeah. not okay um but uh it, ser yeah. it serves a purpose it it, serves rather a purpose, that than yeah. it's something in the plot like just to yeah. really you know, get you uncomfortable or yeah. get you sympathetic or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. like But meanwhile, yeah. if it's a person, you're fine. So, like, the kinds of things <laughs> that we see get done to, to, lock or, to, to Lockwood in this movie or yeah. the kinds of things we see get done in audition, you're like, yep, fine, yeah, no problem. Well, we're people. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, well, one of mine that I thought would actually make a really good marry up, and it's a film that I actually wish more people, instead of seeing A Cure for Wellness, would actually go to this, um, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is Crimson Peak by Guillermo del Toro. Um, not a lot of people saw that movie. It made like no money. And it's another movie that was also really handsome, really Gorgeous. expensive, yeah. has some amazing visuals in it. And it's another movie where you can tell a lot of where it's going to go early on. You know, by the time Mia Wasikowska and Tom Hiddleston get to that house and we meet, you know, like we really spend some time with Chastain, it's like, okay. You guys have something going on, and clearly this house is not everything that you make it out to be. And at that point, it's about the journey of just getting to that revelation. But the the journey of that revelation, it seems a little bit more brisk for some, for some reason that wellness didn't quite have. Um, you saw it as well. So like yes. do, but between the two, you see where I'm going? That's kind Absolutely. of a little bit of a better example yeah. of what this film sort of wants to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it, they, I mean, things did happen at a, a very good pace. Like you, you did see the reveals and there was, um, I feel like a payoff for each one. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one um, with uh, Cure for Wellness, it just took forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I, oh. and I feel like in that one, there was a little bit more... 
uh, evolution of the character for Wazakowska as well. There's a little mm. bit of an evolution in character of Lockhart in A Cure for Wellness, but like, like which is to say that I don't think he's going to go back to Wall Street and be a traitor again. No. But I don't, I, I don't know what he's going to be. You know, whereas with Wazakowska, I felt like she's going to come out of that and she's going to be badass. Yeah. Um, there was also a nice, uh, there was an obvious, like, gothic romantic feel to Crimson Peak that you, you can't deny. No. Whereas you kind of, I mean, I, a cure for wellness was gothic, and there was a bit of romance to it, but I, I, I don't know it, what it wanted to be. A Crimson Peak was fantasy yeah. and lush and gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it was all of that in a really nice package. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like wellness was like, do you want to be that, or do you want to be a horror, or do you want to be like just a thriller? Or, yeah, like I almost, like I just, almost feel like it got there accidentally. Yeah, you know, like it clearly saw some of these movies because where Cure for Wellness ends up, which we haven't talked about, and I'll kind of try to tiptoe it around my next movie as well. Is a very very classic payoff mm-hmm. for a gothic romance, so it's in there. But I yeah. think they kind of they were starting to make this movie and they kind of got there by accident. And said, "Hey, let's do this because that's how these all end." Yeah. Um, if you've seen a gothic romance, now you know where we're going. Um, but Crimson Peak, you know, it's um, it's just so gorgeous. Everybody in it is really really good, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of it it came and went uh, two years ago yeah. to to know to nothing basically it made like no money uh didn't even really it just barely made it past its budget and i feel like that's a huge shame just because there's a lot of the genre packed into this movie if i hadn't gone through that little series of gothic romances i might not have liked it as much um but i was i was kind of primed yeah. to, to select this <laughs> what other movie came to mind as a nice little marry up for curato wellness uh for you um, uh, Cure for wellness, I should say. Uh, again, the ninth ninth configuration because mm-hmm. it it they basically um, it's about a uh, I believe he's a colonel. He's sent to um, a castle that has turned into have been made into an asylum for uh, soldiers that have basically lost their minds. So basically, he is in charge of them and he lets them work out their fantasies to see if they can cure themselves wow um and it's completely nuts it's it's quite long as well um and there's like scott wilson is in it from, this is, um, it's an older film yeah, like, oh stacy keach is in this stacy keach is the main character oh, um scott from, like, wilson from the walking dead um uh jason miller from uh, the exorcist right, right yeah so and they all basically work out their in like insanity uh like i believe jason Mil- miller's character is trying to he's casting a play and he he's casting all dogs okay so he's got dogs running around the oh castle and it just really struck me um with uh, particularly the bar scene in wellness mm-hmm. and the bar scene in uh, configuration, configuration. Okay. it was very similar like uh, from a glance this movie seems really dark it's very dark yeah, oh, man. yeah. do you remember like how you first came across it um because uh, it's old too it's like from a, it's 1980 yeah it came out. well actually my uh boyfriend is quite the film buff okay. and um we were talking about the exorcist and then he had mentioned the ninth configuration and we were gonna he's got like he's the type of person that will order the director's cut and then the one with the commentary so he's got like two or three copies so okay. we were gonna sit down and watch it and then i 
like um just like as i was saying a couple months ago i was like oh you know what maybe i'll just see if i found it on shutter and i was watching it and then i had to I think I had to go to bed <laughs> to get up early. It was Sweet a school dreams, night. Yeah. yeah, it was a school night. So, right. um, and then I once I saw Wellness, I'm like, oh, I have to finish this film because there was a lot. There were a lot of similar similarities to the point where I wanted to see if they had actually filmed in the same castle, but it wasn't the same castle. <clears throat> yeah. Do you find like Do you have a preference between the psychological messed up movies and the visual? Like, do do you prefer to have your mind messed with versus getting something visual that really puts you off um because that's that's the thing for me is my one of my like kind of gateways into this whole thing is yeah i, I know the term i want to use but i don't also <laughs> on my own show i don't want to use it but i like it i like it when when my mind is getting messed with yeah right and this really seems like that kind of thing as opposed to something that is just out to terrify me yeah do you have a preference between the two um, I like both. Oh, okay. I, I like, I'll bring it, bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> I like both. Sometimes I'm in the mood for like, you know, a really good, like psychological thriller and um, it doesn't have to have gore, but it just has to have some really crazy twists or yeah. something that, as you were saying, stays with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes I just like a good slasher film or, okay. so I'm, I'm good with both. Nice. Yeah. You, you, you like them well done and bloody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the other one that came to mind, what, like, okay, before we get to the other one, we should talk about the ring because I think it's, yes. it's an obvious marry up to this movie. Um, it was kind of, it was like one of the big, not a big break for Verbinski because he was doing things like the Mexican beforehand. Um, it's a remake, and I, you know, that that's kind of frowned upon by by cinephiles of you know, remakes, especially remakes of foreign films. But I feel like that's one of the few times where a remake has its intentions in the right place. Yeah. What like what did you think of of the remake of The Ring? Because that's the one that Verbinski did back in two thousand two. Yeah. I loved it. I, because I, I, I was skeptical as well. I'm like, really? Because you know, you can't mess with J horror. First of all, no. Um, and when I saw, and it, most of them haven't worked. No, actually, like, mo yeah, most, most of them, of those if remakes. not all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and I actually found that he pared down the story uh, really well, mm -hmm. and it it worked. And he got basically this this the gist of the original. But he put his own mark on it, and I think that's why I was kind of excited for the visuals and wellness because uh, the visuals and and the, his remake of the ring were so beautiful and so crisp, you know. In both films, he really seems to use, and he does this in um, to his credit. And it's one of the few times I'll say this about this movie. He does this in the Lone Ranger as well. He uses the environment around him. Mm -hmm to a great extent like he, you know he's not shooting these things on sound stages the actual rooms that he's using and in both cases the the surrounding areas he uses them to to really good effect yeah i think um because yeah. in, in the ring it would you know i just remember a few shots where um nomi watt's character is looking out of the window and you can see um other apartment buildings and they're so crisp and they're so beautifully lined but you can feel that claustrophobia mm -hmm. and i just like i remember that's one scene that really sticks in my head from from his remake well and the other thing too is that this is a movie where the the original one being so rough around the edges mm -hmm. works to its favor because it's supposedly you know an echo of this videotape yes right yeah. so i do actually remember the first time i watched it and i saw that 
you know, grimy scene of the girl climbing out of the TV, yeah. how, how just taken aback I was. And meanwhile, when he transplants it into very, very clean, crisp, um, cold color palated, mm-hmm. uh, Pacific Northwest, it's still, he still finds a way to make it work within the visual, Yeah, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy because ordinarily we would be here saying, oh, the original is better. You should totally chase down that original Japanese tape and just watch it with the subtitles. But this is one of the, you know, like not the, maybe the exception. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. Yeah. To movies like I and the grudge and and those kinds of movies that all came out (laughs) around the same time and all were remade around the same time. So very badly. Um, well, my other Mary up that I thought for people to go on to, um, is, uh, Rebecca. by um, Hitchcock which is the only Hitchcock film that ever won Best Picture uh, and he of course did not win Best Director for it because he's basically a hired gun for David O. Selznick but it's very much like um, Road to Wellness in the way that somebody gets lured into this edifice and finds out that history is basically playing against them and there's the specter of what has come before and you know kind of wandering through these halls and wandering through this gigantic presence both of the other and history and the actual structure itself to get to the bottom of things and it's very much in a league with crimson peak in that way and uh, you know not to give too much away but if you've seen rebecca you might have an idea of how uh how care for wellness is going to end um because it, you know it's it's not it's kind of the way that most of these gothic i can't remember if it's how crimson peak ends i want to say no but it's kind of it's it's kind of it's beautiful in the way that you bring in another element in uh in cure for wellness instead of all the water that we've seen the whole time it's it's this nice little way of another element playing into things um have you seen rebecca i haven't seen it so that's going to be one on my list um, yeah, yeah it's I um, seen that one. it's got a lot of brush strokes of melodrama just because okay. of the time what right? year was it uh, 1940 okay so it's very very grand um you know you've got you've got Laurence olivier and joan fontaine okay. they're acting you know they're acting <laughs> um and it's i i don't know if the actual house was real but the house itself manderley um much like the sanitarium in cure for wellness is a character unto itself okay like these corridors and the way the house perches on the hill and there's this little boathouse and kind of the way you get from one to the other that's the kind of thing i like about these movies is the actual the set is not just a set it's actually a, another character right right so same thing with crimson peak like crimson peak is a character within yeah the film. absolutely so i do love that yeah. um you know i mean as much as i was wailing on cure for wellness i gotta admit it's made me think about a lot of movies that i want to just right. line up and, and, <laughs> and watch it so i don't know maybe it was too hard of that movie maybe um, that was the secret from from gore is that he wanted to give you so many references that you know and he did it like yeah. it's like in your face yeah he does he does that so you know i can't i can't really fault him yeah um anything else before we uh wrap it up and call it a night yeah i think uh, i think that's about it all right yeah. that's a- And 
then just like that my microphone decided to quit again but at least this time we were wrapping up the show so again my profound apologies to carolyn my guest and to you my listener i ordinarily have my ducks much more in a row than i do for this episode but i wanted to get it out there and keep the momentum of 2017 going where delivering new episodes is concerned so that is episode 172 come on back in two weeks monday march 13th for episode 173 i think we're going to be talking about personal shopper the new film uh, by olivier assayas starring Kristen stewart um carolyn can be found at rosemarypixie.com uh you can find her uh, twitter feed that she doesn't really use but does drop in every now and then at at rm pixie um she also contributes of course to cinema axes courtney small's wonderful uh band of brothers and sisters uh and she has uh, contributed to uh two books which i did not have handy um to give you the links right this moment but Please do check the show notes for this show, and I will include the links of her published work because she is quite a good writer. Um, as for me, my site is thematinee.ca. For more audio content, you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can also find them on Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, Apple's podcast app, and the iTunes Store. Everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop. Feedback on A Cure for Wellness on any of the films that we discussed and whether you think we were too hard on these films or too easy on these films can be left by emailing ryan at thematinee.ca, Twitter, where I'm matinee underscore CA, facebook.com slash darkmatinee. For Carolyn, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee.